Welcome to episode number 27 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Today we're in a series titled Finances Need Prayer and Faith. As you listen to the podcasts of Quality Christian Living, we will be discussing numerous topics from time to time. This series may take anywhere from 10 to 12 episodes in order to complete what the Lord has placed upon my heart. In the future, I'll be talking about subjects like faith and issues dealing with marriage and business and miracles because I believe the Lord has placed upon my heart to set up a series of podcasts on the quality life that we should live. Many Christians, I believe, live far below what God intended for them. Remember, the Word of God tells us that Jesus promises to have a life that's overflowing, abundant. God tells us about the type of life that we should live. So these teachings are dedicated to helping every believer live a quality Christian life. All of the messages in this particular series will deal with finances and how much they need to have prayer and faith in order for God to be able to bless us in that area of our life. Today, I want to talk about what the Bible calls true riches. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus speaks so much and so incredibly strong in the area of finances. He talks about, at the beginning of chapter 16, the parable of the shrewd manager, someone who manages things you know, properly and, and talks about the good and the bad in that. And then he goes on and talks about the rich man and the, the fact that when someone becomes wealthy, then they should take their, what he calls their, their riches of this world and use it to benefit others and to make friends. And then he says in, in verse 9, he says, then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. So right there, Jesus is telling us that one of the reasons he wants us to be blessed is that we can help others. We'll have a desire to do so. We'll sit back and enjoy the fact that we have been blessed and that we have the ability to bless other people. But then Jesus goes on and talks about something that I think is really crucial to today's lesson. And it's found in chapter 16 of Luke, starting at verse number 10. And let me read, these are the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Then in verse 11, he says, And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And that's what I want to focus on today is talking about the true riches of heaven. And if you are not faithful, it says in verse 12, with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? There's just so much in these verses. And so I believe today's message, this this lesson I want to bring to you, is going to be very helpful in understanding that God wants to bless us, but there's a requirement. He wants to bless us, but he wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be blessed, but he wants us to be responsible with what we get. Then he also talks about being trustworthy, about our world wealth, the money that we make here on earth. If we get that, then what are we going to do with it? Are we going to keep it to ourselves? Or are we going to reach out and bless others? So there's so much to talk about. And when I, when I see these scriptures, when I see what he's talking about here, it makes me think of the great entrepreneurs that our country had through the 1800s, the mid-1800s. John Davison Rockefeller was a man who was a brilliant entrepreneur. He was a 
businessman supreme. Matter of fact, he was considered, and many today still consider him, the most successful and wealthiest man that ever lived in the United States. If you compare what his net worth was then, it would be in the hundreds of billions of dollars today. Then there were people like Dale Carnegie, another man who grew to great fame and was involved in steel and became such an incredibly successful man. Matter of fact, these two men were in competition with each other a lot of times just uh, to see who was the wealthiest guy. But then after their business days were kind of peaking out and they were decided, okay, they've made all the money they can possibly make and I know that they know that they could make more, but they didn't feel there's any need to. They begin to think, now that I have so much, and this goes right in line with what Jesus was talking about in Luke chapter 16. They had gained such worldly wealth here. They wanted to then bless others. And Carnegie, I guess, kind of started it off and he started spending his great fortune on building libraries and and entertainment centers. And he loved the arts. And so you've heard, of course, of Carnegie Hall in New York City. And then he went around the country and was building and just continued to bless every place that he went. And then I think that Rockefeller looked at that and said, well, you know, I I can do that and maybe I can even do better. So they became almost a little competitive in how much money they could give away. So the, the last part of their life, especially Carnegie, he just gave and gave and gave because he found a joy in giving far greater than a joy in receiving. And he then, that spread to people like J.P. Morgan and other great businessmen and, and Henry Ford and people that realized they needed to give back. As a matter of fact, a lot of people, I don't believe, realize that America is the greatest giving country in the world. You go all over to nations all over the world and you just won't find the generosity that takes place in America. And the reason I believe it's that way is because our nation was one nation founded under God. We believe that God the Father Father was our was our source of our financial blessings. And if you think that way and you believe that way, then you're going to want to do the best that you can with what you've received from God. So you may be wondering, well, how does that deal with us? I mean, you don't have billions of dollars to give away and, and, and you're not in a position like that. But you know, in, in reality, we, we really are. Even though maybe our wealth isn't as great, but we can be just as generous in what God has given us to give it back if we just make make ourselves available to God and be blessed. So let's see what, what this teaching in, in verse 10 tells us. He's, Jesus says, if you are faithful in little things. Okay, that means with what we have today, we need to be faithful. And the way we can be faithful is we can pray and ask God to help us be faithful. And then we also need to be able to have the faith to believe that God's going to bless with uh, an abundant life, which he promised to give us. And so he says, if you are faithful in little things, that means what we have right now, you will be faithful in large ones. So therefore, there's a promise there. Faithful in little, then there will be large ones to be blessed with. And I believe that's a promise that Jesus gave us. But then he says, but if you are dishonest in little things, that means if we don't handle what we have and the, the finances we have today, the the job that we have today, the provision that we have today, the, the plan that God has for for our, for our life, if we're not not honest with those things, then it says you won't be honest with greater responsibility. So I really believe, and I, with all my heart, I believe that God is looking for honest people that he can pour out a blessing. I truly believe the Lord is looking around for the people who follow him, believers who accepted him and accepted his son, and God's saying, all right, now if you'll do what my word says, I'm gonna pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. Remember now in the book of Malachi, it talks about, 
if you'll give of what you have. God says, test me in this and see if you give to me, if I won't bless you and pour out a blessing that you really won't be able to handle. So I believe that Jesus is kind of increasing to us the significance and the importance of understanding to be faithful in little things and will be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest, remember it says, you won't be honest with greater blessings. Verse 11 says, and if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, that's what we have here. That's the wealth that we've accumulated. And you might say, well, once again, I'm not a rich person. Well, you don't have to be a rich person in the sense of having millions or billions of dollars, but you can be wealthy in your spirit and wealthy in your generosity and just give 10% of your funds to the church or bless someone down the street or find someone who's hungry and feed them. That's a blessing of our worldly wealth. And it says, it says, if you are untrustworthy with those things, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Now, isn't that interesting? Here, Jesus is tying how we handle our worldly wealth to how we will receive the true riches of heaven. Now, there's nothing greater for us to look forward to than when we receive the true riches of heaven. It reminds me of a story when I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, bone marrow cancer, and I was given six months to live. And that was about five years ago, thank the Lord. And I'm doing just great, and Jesus has healed me, and I'm so thankful for that. So I have an opportunity to continue to do things that'll bless the kingdom and also be around my kids and grandkids. And hopefully someday I'll even see some great grandkids. But I look at what the true riches of heaven are, and, and I hope that's in your heart to realize that everything that we do here is leading us towards heaven. Every step that we take, every word that we speak, and everything that we do are with our finances, with just being friends with people, whatever, is preparing us for the true riches of heaven. So to get back to my story, I remember when I was diagnosed with that incurable disease, then I looked at the, the, the doctor and I said, now let me be sure that I understand this. I want to be sure that I get this straight. So you're telling me that I should be afraid of going to heaven. And he looked at me and he said, wow, you must really believe that. And I said, yeah, I do believe that. And before all this is done, you'll believe it too. But see, it was so much in my spirit. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and gave me a response to a man who was giving me a death sentence that, well, I've just been preparing myself for heaven anyways, so you can't scare me with heaven. Those are the true riches of heaven. And we can experience some of that right here on earth because we can live at peace because we know we're going to receive those riches in heaven. And a lot of folks say, well, I'm not really looking forward to the riches in heaven. I just want to be around Jesus. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. I personally, I'm not concerned about having a giant mansion. I'm not concerned about all the gold and all that stuff we hear about, which is very true. I'm not putting that down. But to me, the greatest reward of all in heaven will be to be reunited or united with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and see God the Father. And then, of course, be reunited with our family and friends and those that we've loved during our time here on earth. If we go back to the scripture I was reading, let's read verse 12 now. And it says, if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? So that means we need to be obviously faithful of what with other people provide for us and what we receive from other people. That means our job. That means the, the doctors that care for us. That means the, the waitress or this person that's helping us or serving us in the restaurant. So when, when we are blessed, when we, when we I should say when we bless other people here on earth, we're going to be blessed even greater in heaven. 
Can anybody out there say, praise the Lord or thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life? Because we just need to be thankful for what we have and where we are and most thankful with with our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him as Lord and Savior, then you could just right now ask him to forgive you of your sins and tell him that you promise to serve him all the days of your life. And I believe Jesus will come into your heart and you'll have that joy, what we call joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, when I when I teach something like this, I don't want to become, don't you think I'm super spiritual or anything like that, because I'm just like anyone else. I've had desires in my heart that I wish I didn't have. Uh, I'm kind of like Paul. Uh, when I'm doing things I know I shouldn't do, I, I still do them even though I know I shouldn't do them, and that type of thing. And so it's important that you understand that this teaching is for everyday people. It doesn't have to be just for the super wealthy or for those who someday expect to be super wealthy. But when we look at these scriptures, all the instructions that Jesus is giving us helps us to understand how we're to handle our blessings. And that reminds me of a lot of folks that I've known in the church over the years. And I remember I pastored for 20 years. And prior to that, my wife and I taught a Sunday school class at our church for approximately 14 years. So for about 34, 35 years, I've been teaching and preaching and pastoring people. And it's been the greatest, some of the greatest things that's ever happened in my life is during those experiences. But I've also noticed things that become a little disheartening. When I see people who have been blessed of the Lord financially, and all of a sudden they're faithful and they want to bless the work of the Lord and they're in church all the time and they're working hard. And then all of a sudden their business prospers and they start making more money and they start gaining more possessions. Then all of a sudden you start to see that the financial blessing that they're getting in their life actually is becoming a curse in their life. They don't even know it. Now, what do I mean by a curse? What I mean is it's drawing them away from the things of God. Many times as the finances come in, the people stop attending church as much, or they stop giving to the church as much, or they stop making their children become aware of the things of God and training their children the way they should go. When they're old, they'll not depart from it. So they lose out in the blessings that God has for them. Because when we get blessed financially, he wants us to carry that over into our life, our everyday life. But many of these folks, you'll see them maybe start slacking off on church. They don't come as often. They start maybe spending weekends away, maybe two or three weekends away. And then sometimes they start disappearing for two and three and four months at a time because they've been blessed financially, but they've allowed that to hurt them and actually becomes a curse in their walk with God. Many times their children see that and these folks are showing a pattern of, of works and the way they should handle blessings to their children and they don't realize what they're, what they're teaching. So when I see that, it always disturbs me. I, I don't say much to them, but, but it kind of reminds me of another story. I just feel like the Lord's giving me all kinds of little stories and things to share with you today. It reminds me of the story of the the man who was blessed and he was making like $5,000 a month and said he was so happy that he could pay $500 in tithe every month. And he went to his pastor and said, I'm so excited about tithing and I know that God's going to bless me. And the Lord did. The Lord blessed him and he went from $5,000 a month to $50,000 a month. But then all of a sudden he went to the pastor and he said, you know, pastor, when I was making $5,000, it was really easy to give $500. But now that I'm making $50,000 a month, it's really, really hard to give five thousand dollars a month to the work of the Lord. So the pastor looked at him and said, well, I've got a solution for that. If you would like, he says, I could go ahead and pray for you right now that God would then change your income and you'd go back to that five thousand dollars a month and that'll make it a lot easier for you to tithe. The young man looked at the pastor and said, that's okay. You don't need to pray. I got your point. But you see, 
It's all about how we handle the blessings of God because Jesus is talking all about blessings in this. He's not talking about beating us up or holding things back from us. If you if you read these things, read what he's saying. He's talking about being faithful in little things. You could be faithful in large ones. And, and if you're not honest in little things, then you won't be honest in greater things because that means there's going to be greater responsibilities and greater blessings. And if you're untrustworthy with, with this stuff, then who's going to trust you with the true riches of heaven? He always shows the, the light at the end of the tunnel and it's 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 hope it's joy it's a future filled with the presence of God so I can't go any further without reading this last verse because you can't just teach this without reading verse 13 many of you already know what I'm going to about ready to speak on in Luke chapter 16 verse 13 Jesus kind of completes this this train of thought with these words and he says in verse 13 no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, there's another great story that goes along with that particular scripture. And it goes way back to when I first became a Christian. At 25 years of age, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I was so excited about telling everyone. I wanted everyone to know about my Jesus. I wanted everybody to know that that they could be saved too, that they could spend eternity with Jesus. And I was just so excited about it. And so this fellow that I had known for years, I sat down with him and I was talking about things. And he said, you seem to be pretty excited about something. I said, yeah, I want to share with you my faith. And I said, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you about how you can receive Jesus. And he said, well, I'm not sure about that. I, you, you know what I'm talking about. He said, wasn't too excited. He acted like, well, that's for some people, but that's not for me. And I said, well, let me just, I was, matter of fact, I became a little bit irritated, probably shouldn't have been, but I was so, was so excited. I guess you'd have called me a zealot at the time, but I was so excited about sharing my faith that I said, well, I'm just going to show you something. I got this Bible out and I opened it up. And I, I didn't really know much about the Bible. I didn't really know where things were at. I had just become a Christian. I had read the Bible cover to cover, didn't understand a whole lot of anything. So I just kept reading it cover to cover and cover to cover and it went through it three times before I started to realize I needed to study it and I needed to understand what it was saying. So I got this Bible out, not knowing where things were at. And I opened it up and I said, right here, I didn't know where I opened it up to. And I looked at him right in the eyes and I pointed down to the Bible and I pointed, I said, see right here, this is the scripture that's going to change your life. And I read to him, Luke 16, verse 13, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I remember taking that Bible and I closed it up like this. I closed it up and I set it down and I said, that is what you needed today to receive Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden it got real quiet. And he looked at me across the table and he said, how did you know? And I said, excuse me, but how did I know what? He said, how did you know that the thing that's kept me from the church and kept me from following God or seeking the Lord, he says, is money. It seems that every time I go to the church, all they want is money. That's all they ask for is money. It's just money, money, money. And he says, I'm so tired of it. And it's it's really turned me off. And I, I just don't want to go to church. And he said, that's the thing that has kept me from, from moving into what you're talking about. And I said, well, let me just tell you this. I said, yeah, there are people that talk about it a little bit too much, but if you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, 
then it's difficult to understand why people are so free and so open to talk about the blessings of God and how we can bless others. And I said, so just receive that message and and I know that God will help you. Well, he said, "I, I think I see things in a little different light right now. I can't believe you picked that scripture out. He said, did you know that was it? And I said, no, I really had no idea. I didn't even know it was there, but evidently God did. And he directed me to point to something I believe is going to change your life. Well, to tell you how that all ended, a couple months later, he gave his heart to Christ. He became a follower. His wife gave his life to the Lord, her life to the Lord. And it was amazing. Within just a couple of months, the whole family got saved. And to this day, and that was a long time ago, he's still serving Jesus Christ. Now that he's accepted him and now he understands, he also understands the joy of giving to the Lord. There's another point that I'd like to make that I believe comes through in this, uh, these scriptures that I read to you. And it has to do with my experiences as a, a young man before I, I came to know Jesus and accepted him as my Lord and Savior and believed how he wanted to deal with finances in my life, how he wanted to help my prayer life, how he wanted to help me have faith. Because they, you know, they all go together. Our finances just don't happen. We need to pray for God to direct us to be blessed financially. Then we need to have the faith to believe that God will do that. And the faith to step out and do things and take challenges and do the things that God leads us to do. And I'm going to be talking in few episodes about making the right decisions and knowing when it's right to do this or to do that. I, 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 don't, I won't be giving you advice like how to buy stock and how to buy gold and all that stuff. I I really can't go there. I'm not licensed to do that, nor do I think this is the proper place to do that. But I am going to tell you that there's a way to know that when you use the finances that God has blessed you, when you use them to His glory and you use it to either make more money so that you can then be a blessing or that you can receive a blessing, then, then, then I believe God will direct that. You know, a lot of people don't realize that God wants to bless us and that we're kind of like a, a conduit, a, a piece of PVC pipe, a round pipe that's kind of hollow. And we look at that and that's what we are. And if you put your arms out right now and say, Lord, bless me, I really believe the blessings of the Lord comes in one side, goes through us, we receive the blessing, we have nice homes, we have those things that we need, the things that God wants to bless us with, but then there's an abundance of what we have that goes through us and goes off to others. So we are conduits of God's blessing. And so that's one of the things that God wants. But to go back to my my last story I was mentioning about is, I believe that it's important to understand that, that if we're not a follower of Christ, if we've not committed our life to Him, then we're kind of on our own when it comes to our finances. I know when I was a young man, I worked for a bank for a number of years, and during that time, the first, especially the first four or five years, my career was just okay. It wasn't doing great, but I, I just hadn't received the, the promotions and the things I was looking for. And I, I guess I wasn't a believer. I, I wasn't praying for direction. I wasn't praying for guidance. I wasn't. I didn't have the faith to believe those things would happen. But then I became a Christian at the age of 25 after about, I guess, four years at the bank. And all of a sudden, my career just absolutely exploded. And, and it seemed like every year that the bank was giving me promotions and they were moving me through the bank and, and moving my family and I, or, or my wife and our children, around the state of Arizona and providing free housing for us and doing things that you would have never imagined that they would do. But I believe it was just simply God blessing. It seemed like the more we prayed and the more we stepped out in faith, the more the Lord rewarded us with 
peaceful life, a great marriage, great kids who love the Lord, and and prosperity in my banking career. And it just went on and on and on. And, and I really believe sometimes we, we go in and out of God being able to trust us with finances. You know, it's important to understand that, that we say, God, I trust you and I believe in you. It's important for God to be able to look at us and say, yes, I trust you. Because the only way God can trust us is when we approach him in spirit and in truth. When we pray, when we seek his direction, when we ask him to give us more faith, that, that he will bless us. And that's why it's so important in this whole series that you understand that our finances, how, you, how you're going to handle your finances, requires a focus first on prayer and a focus on faith to believe that God is able to do and he will do what he said he would do in his word. Now, don't get mistaken and think that everything I've ever done has always been perfect and always been blessed because there's been times in my life when I've just kind of thought, well, that's just something I know to do and I'm just going to do it on my own. Usually when I did that, it was a big mistake. I can remember when we left, when I left the banking business and my wife and I started our own home development company, building custom homes in North Scottsdale, that I would kind of wonder why I'm not getting blessed. I, My wife and I would sit and we'd pray and we'd ask the Lord's direction. And I'd say, Lord, I don't understand. I'm doing everything that you want me to do. I'm going to church. I'm reading your word. I'm doing these things. But for some reason, I just cannot seem to get over that hump. Yeah, we're doing well. We have a nice income. We get to travel. We, we'd been to Europe several times. We had a lovely home and cars and all that stuff. We were giving not just tithe to our church, but 20% of what we made to the church. And I figured we had all our bases covered, but I really was not praying enough about the decisions that we were going to make. I was not operating in in faith that was led of God. I put my faith in my knowledge. I put my faith in what I knew and what I understood because by then I'd had a lot of years of banking, a lot of years financing other home builders. I kind of thought that I knew it all, but in reality, I didn't know anywhere near as much as the Lord knew. And so for many years, we kind of just did well, didn't really have the success that I believe God wanted us to have. But then as like I said, my wife and I had decided that we're going to pray together more often and that we're going to trust God and we're going to step out in faith as long as we know he's in it. And you might say, well, how do you know God's in it when you want to step out in faith? Well, but God promised it in his, and he promised us in his word that he would give us peace that passes all understanding and it would guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. When we're trying to make a decision and we're asking God for help in a financial decision or moving from one home to another or whatever it might be, unless we receive that peace, because it's a peace that does pass all understanding and it's not a peace that, that is kind of a quick decision thing or it's something that we feel, well, we can just do with our own knowledge. No, it's a peace, a genuine peace where there's no doubt, there's no fear, there's no question, there's no lack of understanding. God, you know, set us up and established our finances in a way that we didn't realize we could actually operate that way. So I hope this has helped you. And I have so much to talk about in upcoming lessons. I'll be talking about things in our in our next lesson, dealing with learning how to not worry when it comes to our finances and learning how to pray and when to pray and how to pray about specific things and and also to understand what what really is faith what what is faith and what is foolishness and so we're going to talk about that so it's going to be exciting i hope you stay with me through all of these episodes so let me just pray for you as i close this session father i pray a blessing would be upon all those who've listened to this this session today i pray that you would bless them in all things i pray you give them wisdom and i pray that father all of us would pray more and step out in faith lord god let according to what your word says. I thank you for it now and bless this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you'd like to have additional information, I'd like to invite you to go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And on there, you'll see the several books that I've written on experiencing the joy of debt-free living and another book entitled generosity what's in it for me that's kind of a play on words and then books on faith and books on prayer and i pray that these will be of value to you and blessing to you if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts now may the lord bless you and keep you may his face shine upon you may he be gracious to you and give you peace And may you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. My next episode will be about how to avoid worry and anxiety in our finances. So until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.